From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy was initially used to treat deep-sea divers with decompression sickness known as the bends. Over the past few decades, the role of this therapy has expanded to include the treatment of a number of other medical conditions, particularly those that do not respond to other therapies. In the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about how hyperbaric oxygen is used to treat a variety of medical conditions is Dr. Marvin Hybor. He's an associate professor of emergency medicine, as well as the medical director of wound care and of hyperbaric medicine at Upstate. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Hybor. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, let me start by asking you to describe what hyperbaric oxygen therapy is, how it works, how it's used as a medical treatment. Basically, uh, it is treatment with 100% oxygen at higher than atmospheric pressure. So as a result, with patients, they're able to go into the chamber and um, breathe 100% oxygen. We're able to double up to triple the pressure in the chamber. And as a result, we can double to triple the amount of oxygen that they're breathing and that's being delivered to their tissues. So inside this chamber, um, the, the oxygen is more concentrated than it is just breathing in, in general. Right. When we're just breathing right now, we can, the oxygen content's about 20, 21%, and we're at about one atmosphere. So uh, that, that's the partial pressure of oxygen as well, is about 210 millimeters mercury. By breathing 100% oxygen, we can get that up to about 750 millimeters mercury. Okay. Then if we double the pressure in the chamber while breathing 100% oxygen, that partial pressure goes up to 1,500. And if we triple it, it goes up to 2,200 plus. So we go from breathing normally, you and I right now, about 200 millimeters mercury oxygen to 2,000 or more. So what what does the chamber look like? It is a monoplace chamber. It's a single-person chamber. It's made of acrylic, so it's see-through. Okay. So the patient is on a uh, stretcher, right, with a cushion. They're able to sit up about 30 degrees, and when they go in, they can move around, see-through, see the nurse, see the doctor on the other side of the chamber, and then they can also see the TV screen for watching a show or watching a movie. So they're reclining, like on a cot, sort of reclining, laying back, and they can sleep or watch TV or listen to music exactly. during the thing. Okay. Well, let's talk about in terms of wound care. Um, talk to me about the types of wounds or injuries that may be helped by hyperbaric oxygen. When it comes to hyperbaric oxygen therapy, we're really talking about uh, two main areas in the arena of wound care. There's many indications, uh, 14, 15 indications for hyperbaric oxygen therapy and then some other experimental areas. There's a large portion of those that are emergent indications and those for the emergency department and hospitalized. But specific to wound care, there are a couple uh, specific ones. One of them is advanced diabetic foot ulcers. So patients who have undergone treatment, standard treatment, and that's typically provided in the wound care center uh, with uh, coordinating with their endocrinologist or their primary on blood sugar control, offloading that foot with special footwear, just treating any infection, uh, debriding any dead tissue, uh, and then also assessing their vascular status. If despite all that, there's no response, we have some other advanced therapies in the wound care center we can use. One of those is hyperbaric oxygen therapy, 
when we do that, the overall evidence suggests that we can more than double the chances of that wound healing at that point, because those wounds that have, despite standard care, have failed to progress, only have about a 30 to 40% chance of healing, pretty low. When we add hyperbaric oxygen therapy to the other treatments, as an additional advanced therapy, we can increase the healing rates to between 60 and 80%. The other reason for hyperbaric oxygen therapy is their risk of amputation, major amputation above the ankle in this setting is above 20%, and we can decrease that to 10%. And uh, these non-healing diabetic foot ulcers, or on their foot somewhere, uh, or lower limb, these are pretty common, right? I mean, there's a lot of people with diabetes that end up facing a non-healing wound at some point. Correct. There are millions of patients uh, with a diabetic foot ulcer at any given time in this country. And with the rate of diabetes increasing, the rate of diabetic foot ulcers is going up as well. Now, what about venous stasis ulcers? So in terms of venous stasis ulcers, these are wounds uh, specific to the lower leg between the ankle and the knee. And does it just come from bad circulation or? It comes from venous disease. So uh, their arterial circulation carries the blood with the oxygen down to the tissues from the heart and lungs. And then once it's dropped off the nutrients and the oxygen, now that blood needs to get back to the heart and lungs to be resupplied. It goes through the venous system to get there. And this is a problem with the venous system where it, the pressures usually are low and there's valves that help, one-way valves that help the blood get back to the heart. When the pressures in those veins start to go up and the valves start to leak, the blood leaks down into the lower leg, then out into the tissues and you get swelling in your legs. When you get swelling in your legs, it's not good for the skin and the skin can break down, form blisters and then ulcerations that don't heal. Uh, In the wound care center, we can actually uh, look at these patients, assess their arterial flow, make sure their blood flow going down is okay. Uh, treat any type of infection that's there, get rid of any dead tissue within the wound, and then provide advanced compression therapy to get the swelling down and uh, to heal these wounds. And then those wounds that fail to respond, despite that, we can use some advanced therapies as well. So what is it about the oxygen that is so healing for these types of wounds? What does oxygen do? So again, venous stasis ulcers aren't specifically used for hyperbaric oxygen therapy, um, but uh, for the diabetic foot ulcers, there's really two things that are going on. The the wounds that are failing to heal despite the standard therapy uh, in diabetic wounds specifically, they they lack a lot of the growth factors and the cells that are required for healing. So locally, hyperbaric oxygen therapy produces a lot of growth factors. Just tell the body, hey, there's a wound that needs to be healed. And then systemically, diabetics in particular, uh, but other types of patients who benefit from hyperbarics as well, uh, can be low in what we call progenitor stem cells. These are stem cells from a patient's own bone marrow. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy can cause the body to release the progenitor cells it has and create new ones. And these are cells that can, these are now cells that flood the blood, that go to the site of injury, and can de novo become new blood vessels, new collagen to restore the health of those tissues and allow them to heal. Wow. So it's not only diabetic foot ulcers that benefit from that, but it's actually 
certain uh, small portion of cancer survivors who have had radiation therapy can develop uh, what's called delayed radiation injury, delayed effects of radiation injury, where over time, surrounding tissues out, you know, that were near the site of the cancer that was taken care of can over time start to break down. Um, they can, the, the smaller blood vessels, the capillaries, the arterioles can start to break down, the collagen matrix can start to break down so that over time you look at these tissues and they look hypovascular, there's no small blood vessels, and they look fibrotic, so scar tissue. And in that case, hyperbaric oxygen therapy is the only known therapy that can actually reverse that process, regrow small blood vessels, restore collagen to that. So there's a couple specific types of uh, radi delayed radiation injury, if you would, um, that can occur that really tend to benefit from hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Marvin Hybor. He's the medical director for Upstate University Hospital's wound care and hyperbaric oxygen programs. I also wanted to ask you about the use of hyperbaric oxygen for head injuries, and that's an experimental thing, right? It is, and so there's been a growing interest in that area. It's still in the research phase, but there had been some early studies done, say on individual patients, what we call published case reports or small case series that suggested that hyperbarics may help with certain types of traumatic brain injury. And more recently in the past five to seven years, the Department of Defense actually funded some studies looking at subacute traumatic brain injury and chronic brain, brain injury. So that we're talking months out and some of the results are in at this point, um, mixed results, um, some showing possible benefit, others not showing benefit. And they've honed in on a specific uh, cohort of patients who have had traumatic brain injury and PTSD as a specific cohort that may be of benefit and there's interest in performing further studies select, selective and specific to that patient population. So more, more to come on that. Yeah, and then there's also an acute brain injury, which would be in the hours after it occurs. There is a new study that's just going to be getting going in the next 6 to 12 months, multi-center national study, uh, looking at acute traumatic brain injury and use of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Interesting. Well, for someone who's listening who thinks hyperbaric oxygen therapy may be of benefit for them, how do they connect with you? How do they find the hyperbaric oxygen so if they were to just do a Google search for Upstate University Hospital or Upstate Medical University Hyperbaric Medicine or Upstate University Hospital Wound Care Center, it should take them to our link. Uh, they should be able to find our contact phone number and, uh, and other contact information. We are a referral-based center. So, so we, they should talk to their primary care so doctor So we do first. ask that they talk to their primary care doctor or if there's a specialist, right, dealing with a particular concern. Maybe they've had some radiation injury to the bladder and they're dealing with their urologist. The urologist could refer them or if it's their GI doctor, their GI doctor could refer them for radiation proctitis. But the reason that we are referral based instead of just in individual is that most, a lot of times what we're treating is multifactorial and it's very important that we're coordinating with a patient's primary care doctor or specialist because there's, we're giving certain 
types of tr uh, specialized treatment that also need to be done in the context of overall care. Do you find that physicians in central New York are aware of um, what hyperbaric oxygen therapy can be used for? And would they be likely to recommend a patient on their own? It varies. Uh, it depends on where a physician is trained a lot of times. So they may have trained somewhere where hyperbaric uh, oxygen therapy wasn't immediately available, and so they have less awareness and, uh, and uh, experience with it versus those who are trained somewhere else. So it really varies depending on the physician. Do health insurers typically cover hyperbaric oxygen? For the conditions that we discussed, yes. Okay. Now, um, walk me through what a patient would expect at a visit. Do they, is it one visit they'll see some results from, or do they, does it take repeated visits? Sure. So both in the wound care center and in, in, in hyperbaric. So in the wound care center, they're going to come in for an initial consult. We're going to, like I said, most of the time these, these wounds are multifactorial, so we're going to gather the information on that so we know what we need to treat, and then they'll follow up with a consistent provider week to week, and we typically see our patients in the wound care center every week or, or two weeks, so it's uh, just so that we can aggressively treat that wound and get it to heal. Uh, in the hyperbaric treat, uh, treatment, they're going to come in for an initial consult, they're going to see one of the hyperbaric physicians, and they're going to get a treatment course recommendation. With hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it is a big commitment on the part of the patients because after the consult, we would then get insurance authorization and then schedule them to start treatment. And we're talking about typically six to eight weeks of treatment, Monday through Friday for two hours a day. So it's a big commitment. It's between 30 and 40 treatments typically. So you really have to be committed to sticking through the treatment plan all the way through. You do. So are there any patients who should not undergo hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Are there any contraindications? There are contraindications. Uh, most of them are relative contraindications and better assessed by one of the hyperbaric medicine specialists to determine um, if, if they're still okay to undergo treatment. The only one that no patient's going to come into the uh, hyperbaric medicine for consultation on is a untreated pneumothorax. So that's a collapsed lung that would need to be treated prior to to uh, hyperbaric Before oxygen therapy, but with the patient population we're talking about, uh, that wouldn't be a concern. So it would really be a matter of assessing their situation. What about any risks to be aware of or any side effects from hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Yeah, absolutely. Like any treatment, there's always benefits and risks. The most common risks in hyperbaric oxygen therapy had to do with the eyes and the ears. In terms of the ears, the middle ear which is when we, when we look with our otoscope at the, the middle eardrum, behind that is the middle ear. Most of the time that's filled with air. If you get an infection, you might, it might be filled with fluid. So it's filled with air and it can get squeezed uh, when the pressures increase. So the way that we avoid that is to constantly have the patient yawn or swallow or move their jaw to open up the eustachian tube to let extra air in during the compression phase, the first five to ten minutes and if even if a little bit of what we call barotrauma occurs the eardrum may get a little red there may be a little fluid that doesn't mean that they're going to have long-term problems that'll go away within days to weeks on its own another common side effect is some reversible change in their visual acuity so that's a little blurry at a distance uh, and that can occur over 20, 30, 40 treatments and usually goes back to baseline within six to eight weeks after treatment.
Well, good to know. Thank you to Dr. Marvin Hybor, the Medical Director of Wound Care and Hyperbaric Oxygen at Upstate University Hospital. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.